Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are five girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real life zoo employees. And as always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind, we try to keep our podcast around PG-13. This episode may be the notable exception. Uh, So if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand, especially this episode. That means you parents. Uh, With that, I'm Emily B. I'm Katie. And I'm Abby, and with that, let's talk about stuff. And I would just want to say one more warning. We're talking about some sexy stuff today. So the podcast is probably going to be rated R this episode, because mm-hmm. we're going to be using uh, the technical words for many animal parts. It's true. <laughs> right? Yeah, I guess. It's not like I we're am. like, you know, we're not cursing or anything. It's just, yeah, what Abby said. It's, it's the birds not, and the bees, not, quite literally. Huh. Um, Are we doing bees too? No, I was gonna birds. mention bees actually. <laughs> oh, there you go. Perfect. Like, if anyone's gonna mention bees, it's Katie. Yeah. Um, this is true. I've got a fan shout out. Uh, so my friend Sam, uh, hi Sam. She worked used to work with my husband. I almost said my boyfriend's Tyler. Wow. <laughs> We're way past that. We're married now. Uh, she used to work with my husband's Tyler, and she uh, was hanging out with us the other night, and she was like. I just binged every single one of your episodes at work, and now I am highly anticipating the next one, and I made all my coworkers listen with me. Wow. So we have a new listener, Sam. Thanks for listening. Here's your shout out. Uh, I really appreciate you and hope that you can continue to force your coworkers to listen to this, even though this one you might want to have your headphones for at work, because <laughs> I don't think yeah, you want to have out loud for this mm, one. That's a good idea. All right. Conservation updates. What do we got? Heck yes. So I got two things. Um, the first is who sent this in the group chat? Me, because my dad sent it to me. Shout out to my oh, dad. Shout who out I to Don't Abby's think he dad. actually listens. Hi, well, John. But the fact that he sent it is something. So. And he sent it with maybe for conservation queens question mark. Aww, so very it's sweet. Really, it's an awesome piece of conservation news. Um, this the is the coolest. first clone of a U.S. endangered species has been announced. It was a black-footed ferret that was born on December 10th of 2020. Um, this kind of cracked me up. The ferret is named Elizabeth Ann. Oh like, <laughs> what a nice, normal so, human name. That's what I thought. I was, like, I was like, these scientists know exactly what they're doing because the funniest two things you can name animals are either completely normal human names or different dog, animal names. John. Right? That's hilarious. Or well, name a different animal. I like, I had like a rabbit Arthur. named Bear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Arthur's pretty good. Thank you. Ellie. Ellie. Also good. Izumi, not an American name, but it's a Japanese one, so. Well, anyways, so this ferret, Elizabeth Ann, <laughs> um, <laughs> was born on December 10th, and the ferret that was the genetic source for this clone died in 1988. Wild. Um, and was frozen for cloning research. Um, so the reason they cloned this specific like genetic source and all that is because they were hoping that the descendants of Elizabeth Ann in the future, should she have little wee Elizabeth Ann Juniors running around. That would um, be Lizier's actually. Lizier's, I love it. <laughs> um, will improve the genetic diversity of this species um, because 
Black-footed ferrets were once thought to be extinct, um, but there were few of them left, and they were bred in captivity and reintroduced successfully to the wild. Unfortunately, coming from such a small sample size of the remaining um, that were not extinct, the genetics of the population are very Very not diverse, um, which can lead to issues should like any diseases arise in the population. Basically, um, what we're trying to prevent with SSPs. Exactly. Yeah. So. That's why they're, like, trying to clone other genetic sources from 1988, apparently, um, to kind of diversify the gene pool again, which Dolly, is crazy. Dolly the sheep walked so Elizabeth Ann could run. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, but cloning, you know? Wow. Crazy stuff. That would be another good episode topic. To Jurassic to Park? No! I, I'm hoping no, it doesn't that work we can get a woolly mammoth in my lifetime. That is my dream. That would, oh, you can go visit them. I hope them. we can They're like six some of the different... current ones, you know? Well, I was like, that's, that's also important. What about that northern white rhino that we keep talking about and then haven't done yet? <laughs> well, it, it does uh, bring in some, you know, hopes for maybe some other species that are very low in number have issues in their genetic pool as well. Do but. we know where the sample, like which facility had the sample? Was it San Diego um, with their frozen zoo? I don't, it didn't mention where specifically. In the I wonder article. if that's because people get mad about the cloning thing. It's possible. Let me, let me relook at it really quickly again and skim. Cause I, I know San Diego has that big old frozen zoo, right? Or is it somewhere else? It know. is San Diego. You're right, Abby. Oh, oh, killed it. Well, she got it. Look at that. Yep. All right. What's All your right. other conservation news? Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, okay. And the second one is actually um, occurring right now. Uh, as we all know, Texas is in the era uh, Ice Age right now. It's pretty oh, it's horrible, man. actually. And Minnesota moves south. Yeah, it's almost it's- like the climate. It's changing. <gasps> It's it's bad. But anyways, uh, there have been many volunteers and organizations in Texas that have saved thousands of sea turtles um, during this uh, cold event um, from the shocking cold weather. Sea turtles are cold-blooded animals, and they rely on external sources to heat their body. Um, so being in cold conditions, cold waters could result in a sea turtle basically falling into a comatose-like state. Um, Isn't so it called far- cold shock? Uh, cold stun, yeah. yeah. It's called cold, yeah. So, so far they have actually rescued over 4,500 sea turtles. And they basically set up these little kiddie pools and tried to fill them with warm water. And they all have like a bunch of sea turtles in them. It's so um, sad. Well, they actually and, will, yeah. once they are able to, they'll fly them to other facilities. Um, because yep. this happens every year that there are cold stun turtles out of South Texas. Um, but usually it just happens that this year it's, uh, this year it's a little extreme, a bunch amount. of them. Yeah. So if you're in the Texas area and you have the capability and you know how to drive in snow, well, um, I was going to say, hopefully yeah. you're also staying safe. Please okay. stay a safe. lot of these facilities need donations. Parts really yeah. going out to Texas right now. It's- I believe it's sea turtle Inc is the one that's rescuing all of them in South Texas. Right yes. Now. I do know that, you know how Elon Musk is kind of crazy? He donated a generator. He donated a generator. So I'm like, you're crazy. But I also (laughs) like, am really appreciative of what you do. It was in a good place. (laughs) Well, he has a big thing in South Texas. So that's why. 
I had no idea. Well, well anyway. I don't really care anymore because I'm like, but you helped save some sea turtles, so I guess you're not terrible. Nah. <laughs> He's still crazy. <laughs> but he don't. But child he child is still named after her. Uh, I don't know. We don't want to talk about it. That's okay. <laughs> I've got... <laughs> I've got more Texas Zoo news. Let's hear Yes, it. go ahead. Uh, so kind of on the sad side, but kind of on the hopeful side. Uh, the San Antonio Zoo has had to move all of their animals around due to the giant um, snowpocalypse in Texas. Um, they've gotten really creative. So I saw some pictures of crocodiles and alligators hanging out in the Africa exhibit. Amazing. Like in the human section. Did you see the flamingos? Oh, the flamingos, funny. where were they? Uh, they were in the cafeteria. God bless. <laughs> um, they're flamingos also... can go anywhere during a crisis. Well, they thought their water source was all busted. Like, that's why they had to move them. Because they are, they can live in the cold. But um, their, like, water source was all messed up. So they had to move them. Yeah, it's mostly the cold-blooded animals that are having, well, mostly having trouble. Um so they've had to get really creative. The animal care team has actually been living at the zoo. They have cots and things set up at the zoo to make sure the animals are completely taken care of. Um, so they're also accepting donations to their emergency fund. There is a link on their website for, again, the San Antonio Zoo. Um, even though this is going to come out in a couple of days, I'm sure they'll still need some help recovering because they lost their power and a lot of water. Um, and again, zoos are expensive. So um, mm. not every facility has been so lucky unfortunately there was an exit um a sanctuary for primates outside of san antonio that lost most of its primates in the cold which is really sad so that's very unfortunate um so now i'm sure that we're going to start putting in more emergency plans for different kinds of supernatural almost events from you know when the aliens land so like i said it's almost like the climate it's changing crazy um, on the upside of zoo news, you may have heard the San Antonio's Sue's gorillas um, did San contract Diego. COVID. Yeah, San Diego, not San Antonio. San Antonio is the one that needs donations. San Diego. <laughs> on top of all that. San Diego's doing all right. Um, on top of everything else, they got COVID. But you know what? They've completely recovered. Woo! So that's Yay. really awesome. They did not lose any gorillas. Uh, the care team... Um, they think it was somebody who's asymptomatic that accidentally brought it to them, um, but they've completely recovered, mm-hmm. and that just shows how great the zookeepers are. So yay! <laughs> and the vet staff. Wonderful. Oh my god, them too. Okay, great. True that. All right, Emily. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> I'm news. sure people have been waiting for this moment. We've missed people it. Are always looking forward to beluga news. The people. The people need know. to know. Do you get so many DMs being like, we can't live without your beluga news? I mean, if I had to, if I had a dollar for every DM I got about beluga news, I would have (laughs) like less than one (laughs) dollar. Is it just your boyfriend being like, are you going to do the beluga news or? Uh, Nope, he don't even care, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) All right. So beluga news, the best news. Um, So we got two things this week um february 20th which is tomorrow um by the time you hear this it will be yesterday maybe yeah. um, i mean we're also doing a valentine's day episode of valentine's day exactly. it's fine so, it's people fine. don't care um but february 20th is world whale day so go out there and learn some about whales especially beluga whales if you have whale questions you let me know um maybe you can do a q a on our instagram tomorrow. Ooh, there you go 
That seems Everyone like look idea. out for the Q&A that already happened on our Instagram tomorrow. I could wait until Sunday. You, you could know. also just wait till Sunday. That's I yeah. could just do World Whale Day questions all the time. I mean, it's always Whale Day if That's it's, you know, true. Emily's involved. Um, and then, of course, actual beluga news pertaining to belugas. Um, so I think I actually talked about this before. Um, there's a big study of the Cook Inlet um, beluga whales, which are the endangered population of beluga whales. And a paper from NOAA, which we've talked about extensively, um, just came out saying that they can actually age beluga whales through the skin samples they're collecting, which is wild. Oh. Um, I know, I think I talked about two or three episodes ago um, that they were collecting these skin samples and that they were hoping to learn from them. And they're actually able to age the whales through it, which is wild. Um, before this, you could only age the whales through their teeth, which you could only get once the whale had passed away. Um, just like rings on a tree, you can count the rings on teeth, um, and that's how you can tell how old a whale is. But now we can do it through skin samples. Wild. So that's way easier. Way maybe. easier. Way more, um, what's the word, relevant, um, you know, to know how old the whale is while it's alive. Um, so pretty helpful. Neat. So hopefully that's we'll really learn cool. a lot about the population. Very good. And that's all I got for Beluga News. So we are going to jump into the topic for the week, which is love, if you want to say it like that. Um, I would say it, or I would call it love. Just, ooh, there you go. Reproducing. Yes, mating rituals. Scientific manner. Those are no fun. You know, <laughs> we're just out here trying what to What is love, name. Abby? How could we, you know, love is a human construct. What is Fine, love? sex in the animal kingdom. Should we call it that instead? Woo! Uh, there we go. <laughs> Valentine's Day was last week. We know you want to know about weird animal stuff because we love to learn about it. Um, our group chat's always full of it. Um, so we have picked some of our favorites. <laughs> tell, um, tell the people what you, we just got okay. from oh other Emily. Emily A. Emily A. sent a TikTok, um, which I saw the other day on my for you page. Why don't page I get this on my for you also page? was mesmerized for the full minute and asked myself afterwards, why did I watch that? I wish I hadn't. Um, and it's basically two slugs engaging in the in the act. Um, <laughs> but they're, okay. Their parts come <laughs> out of their bodies and like merge together. It's weird. And they're very long. So it's actually, it's, it's, um, they're hermaphrodites. Hem oh, do they Wait, penis fence? Yes, that's fence? right. right. <gasps> yes, they penis fence like a lot of other. They penis um, fence like the sea slugs too. Like sea slugs, I was gonna say. Yeah, like my friends. So my friend Jason did a paper they, on that in college for our animal behavior class, and we had to like talk yeah. about animal behavior, and he was like, "I'm gonna talk about penis fencing." <laughs> so basically, if an animal um, has both the male and female reproductive organs, some cases they will fight to see who gets to put the pee in the <laughs> and. You know, uh, who has to, who has, who gets to give, who Who's gets to receive? Because in the end, they want to pass on their genetics, and they'll do that either way. But you know, in one case, you're going to have to carry and care for that young, which is going to be energetically taxing for you. So you'd rather just hoist your DNA to someone else and be like, "Good luck." I, I wanted to say, Katie, I really enjoyed who described that by hoisting your DNA. That. Anyways, so that's why that's what the video was. It was a, a video of two slugs uh, doing the penis fencing thing, and uh, yeah, we're, uh, it was I, into it. Um, that just reminded me of a very fun marine animal sex fact. Um, I'm telling you, just Google barnacle mating because it will blow your mind. Ooh, barnacle, what? 
Do you really want to? Her body reach. Me too. I'm. I'm gonna do it. I'll. I'll take it. They reach their little weenies all the way across to whatever barnacle they're trying to get. Oh, I got found a twenty second video. All right. Yeah, barnacles are weird, man. That's really all I had to say. They've got little fans. They are weird barnacles. Oh, look at that! Oh my god! That, the little yep. fan has like one longer little piece of the fan, and I think that's its penis. Yes, it's they like I said, they have the longest penis to body ratio of any animal. What wow. champions? I mean, well, that was cool. <laughs> no, all right, let's get to it. Abby, what do you got from the uh, uh wonderful world of birds? So, as we know, birds aren't real, uh, and they work for the bourgeoisie, but yes, uh, if correct. birds were real, they are some there are some really <laughs> wacky mating rituals out there um so i'm gonna highlight some of my favorite ones this is by no means a comprehensive list so when you get home if you want to look up other when you get home i'm like at work uh if you want to look up other kinds of weird bird sex things i highly recommend it uh just be careful what you search um but yeah these are gonna be some of my favorites uh, so the first one is called the Superb Liarbird. Have you guys heard of this one? I have not. There no. is this. Oh, wait, yes, yes, liar, yes. Yeah, liar like the yeah. instrument, Sorry. not like your pants are on <laughs> fire. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are the best mimics in the bird world. It's not parrots, it's liarbirds. Wow. They're from Australia. Uh, when it's mating season, the male liarbird will create a mound of soil as a platform or a stage he then stands on it <laughs> it's very cute he then stands on it on the platform and once a female shows up he does a song and dance he's got this really beautiful tail they get their names because they have these really impressive tail feathers that look like the sides of the lyre instrument which is like a harp um and then they mimic uh, other sounds that they hear um especially native australian sound birds are the most common um but they also can imitate other things so I have got a video that everyone needs to go look up. It's a video of David Attenborough talking to Liarbirds. Yes, I was going to say, so I've seen good. this video. Oh, there's an ad. Sorry. I was going to try to play the sound for you guys because I want you to try to, like, I just want you to hear. I think that would work. I don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to try it. And if not, maybe we can insert the audio. To persuade females to come close and admire his plumes, he sings the most complex song he can manage. And he does that by copying the songs of all the other birds he hears around him, such as the kookaburra. It's a very convincing impersonation. Even the original is fooled. He can imitate the calls of at least 20 different species. He also, in his attempt to outsing his rivals, incorporates other sounds that he hears in the forest. That was a camera shutter. And again. And now a camera with a motor drive. And that's a car alarm. 
wild. It that sounds crazy. He also in the same video, this is the, a BBC Earth video, by the way, cite my sources. Um, he mimics not only a camera, but a camera with like the um, the film, a car alarm, and a chainsaw. I was going to say, I've heard the chainsaw it is before. Um, and it's so crazy. wacky. So everybody needs to go look up that video just because they they look like these like innocent like peacock kind of looking birds and they make these just crazy noises um so those are superb liar birds um for this i I forgot to mention i'm not going to focus until the end about exactly how birds copulate but for (laughs) for an overview most birds do something that we ornithologists like to call the cloacal kiss oh (laughs) That sounds like that. That That sounds like the domestic kiss. Yeah. I mean, so basically, um, if you look at a bird, um, they have one hole for everything. It's called their cloaca. And females and males, uh, I've only seen this a couple times, but when I did see it uh, in Africa, it was with two fishing eagles, and it was very wacky because we had, like, 18 biology students. We were all like, oh, my God, because we were mature. Um. And they basically slam into each other and they, they kiss their cloacas together. And that's how they um, transfer the sperm into Delightful. the vagina. And that's most birds. Um, with a very glaring exception, which I'm sure everybody is just <laughs> waiting to hear about. Um, another bird that does really weird stuff is called a bird of paradise. They're my favorites. They're yes. also my favorites. And I think... Best. I know we talked about this at work a couple weeks ago, and I know Katie definitely <laughs> heard me, I think, rant about this being yes. so excited. Um, birds of Paradise are these birds from New Guinea, and they have a bunch of bizarre colors and mating dances. I can't even describe all of them, but the one that's most famous is the one that has, uh, it almost looks like a smile. Yes, on it's it. like bright it's like blue, a, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me try to figure out, I forgot, I looked up what it was called, and then I didn't write it down, which was very bad of me. Uh, nice. Yeah, I'm a really good researcher. Well, if you've um, ever seen Birds of Paradise, it's usually this video clip that is shown. And they like dance around. Yes. Uh, so it's called the Superb Bird of Paradise. What's um, up, and, yes. The males have this really impressive blue chest and parts of their wings, and they will lift it up, and it makes kind of a face, and they kind of dance around the female. Um, they also create a stage in their jungle, which is super cute. Um, and each species has a different elaborate dance. There's a great video, um, again, it was David Attenborough of one of the birds pairs trying to mate with his head. Uh, so you can look that one up if you want to. Um, but they are super duper awesome. So definitely check those out as well. Um, but let's get to the meat of the episode. When you hear birds and you hear mating, one of the most, I'm sure we have some anecdotes to throw in here. One of the most famous examples are ducks. I have like severe trauma related to my bio 265 ecology class. And my teacher did a whole lecture on duck penises. It's more than I need to know. He was an oncologist. Well, to be fair, we find it fascinating uh, because they don't do the cloacal. They don't do a cloacal kiss. They do something different. Um, So ducks. Ducks uh, do not cloacal kiss. They actually do have penises and vaginas. Did you actually explain what that is? She did. Or did I miss I did that? explain it. 
You might have just looked okay. out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just we just want to make sure. I mean, I after, uh, after you hear the word cloacal kiss too many times, I think your brain just I might have off. just blocked it out of my mind. Yeah. Unless you're an ornithologist, like, <laughs> or I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but I'm weird, so that's fine. Um, so male ducks do have penises. Females do have vaginas. Uh, male ducks' penises, for the most part, most of the time, stay inside out, inside its body, in a little sack. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when the ducks mate, they do eject their penis out of the sack. Duck penises are around 20 centimeters long. That seems too big. I believe if I have a book here called Extreme Birds. Oh, I believe you that it's correct. I'm just saying that it, that's terrifying. But I can tell you which species has the biggest one if I can find my book. It's okay. Uh, I believe you. Okay. Well, I'll look it up later because it. Because I want to know. Um, but so ducks' penises are around 20 centimeters long. They are shaped like a corkscrew. Good. And some species have backwards facing spikes on them. Delightful. Uh, and I have an anecdote to insert here that I, <laughs> I think I showed you guys this when it happened. So I'm in a birding group for Florida. And uh, somebody posted a picture of a duck with its penis out. And she was like, I don't know what this is. This female duck has like, I think it's a some sort of parasite just like hanging out from it's like its bottom. I don't know what it is. And everyone below. Oh yeah. Everybody below. No, this happened. Did it? Uh, That happened to me at the turtle hospital. Yes. Oh my God. I didn't. This woman oh, called no. me over. There's ducks like right yep. by Dolphin Nursery. There's like a little yes, okay. Emily knows what I'm talking about. And one of them had its its penises out. And this woman called me over and was like, "There, I think its internal organs are falling oh, no. out." Oh, like, like you're not wrong. To me, <laughs> verbatim. Like it, no, but it looked like I could tell. Like I could, like she. she it looks like a. Small it does not look almost. like. Uh, penis yeah but it was it was like it was you know we're okay oh my <laughs> so, god i called i called are you ready to ducks? have your minds blown i'm so excited okay here's here's this abby i decided to look it up for you um the lake duck it's just called the lake duck has the largest penis to body ratio of a vertebrate. So now so we know it's the lake ducks and barnacles. Incredible. Um, but the lake duck has penis that measured up to 42 centimeters, which is 16 oh and a foot long. That's more than a foot. I'm holding a ruler right now. That's upsetting. How big is the duck? Uh, I thought it was the, why did I think it was the p- t- tapir that had the Let largest. me search the taper. Penis to body penis. ratio. I'm gonna get government flagged after this. Oh, there's an entire article called "Animal Penises Are So Absurdly Sized." That's correct. Okay, apparently tapers are 19 inches, but tapers are also huge. Yeah, could be mammals. No, I don't know. I thought uh, I thought uh, I thought Ben actually told me that. <laughs> ben, if you're out there listening, he was uh, one of our coworkers at the zoo that we work at not too long oh ago. Oh my gosh, I want Ben to be uh, a guest in the podcast. We can do Love in the Animal Kingdom Part Two because I'm sure 
He loves this topic. It's mine like too, and I'm never going to talk about, about it at work because it's, you know, there's kid. Yeah. Well, no kidding. And, well, I, I, I won't say never because once Annamel- Emily talks about manatees, I've got a story. Um, but yeah, so anyway, so ducks, they have this, this big old penis um apparently up to 40 centimeters which is terrifying um female ducks on the other hand they have uh kind of the opposite and not a great way for the male ducks um we believe that much of duck mating is non-consensual i feel like most animal mating is yes but ducks is like extremely violent but there's a reason so female ducks their vaginas are also corkscrew shaped, but they corkscrew in the opposite direction. I don't know of a male's what? penis, and also have several dead ends. Good. So what can happen is if Ooh. if a female duck, why? Well, Evolution, here's why actually. Why? So female ducks, if they do want to mate with the duck that is literally screwing them, um, then she is able to kind of like relax, and it's easier for it to happen. But if it's a male duck that she does not want to mate with them, um, if the male ends up depositing its sperm in one of the dead ends, the sperm will never reach her eggs. And so they're not viable. So it's kind of like a preventative measure um, so that their offspring does not spread. Um, Duck mating also is notoriously violent. Um, Have you guys ever had to explain duck mating to guests before? No. I've never, I, it's never mm-hmm. happened in front of, well, apparently it did, but he wasn't doing nothing. With I was going to say, I've, um, I've seen it a couple times uh, with guests around and small children. I had to explain it. It is very violent. Um, <sighs> it can result in severe injury um, or even death of the female or other males, depending on what's going on. So uh, it it's just a lot. D- ducks and birds are strange, um, especially ducks, mostly ducks. But that's kind of the most famous animal in the uh, the most famous bird in the animal kingdom for mating stuff. So that's what I decided to focus mostly on. So you're welcome. And I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's not as fun. Primate world. This is also not going to be fun, I feel like. (laughs) No, it's, I mean... Well, we're talking about one primate in particular here, and it's oh, most famous. Baby. Um, so, well, yes. Yeah, so, Valentine's Day is also um, Bonobo Day, or uh, World Bonobo. Yes, Day? it is. I have is my I have Bonobo my calendar. Day here. It, okay. Yes, World Bonobo Day. So, just a day to um, kind of bring attention to this lesser-known uh, ape that is. Also, one of our closest relatives, right? Isn't it more than chimpanzees? Um, I think technically, yes. They're part of the same genus as chimpanzees, and they've sometimes been referred to as the pygmy chimpanzee, even though they are not that much smaller than chimpanzees. Um, But they are not a subspecies of chimpanzees, they are their own distinct species. And yeah, so just a little more of a quick overview on them. They're found in the Democratic Republic of Congo around the Congo Basin and are separated from chimpanzees who live north of the river while bonobos live south of the river. So that's where it's believed that um, some time ago, um, that's why these two species diverged um, and, you know, evolved to be different from one another was that separation. I know that. That's cool. The river. 
and their geographic locations. Yeah. So um, they are an endangered species. They are estimated between about 25,000 and 50,000 individuals. And their biggest threats are commercial poaching for their meat um, and habitat destruction, logging specifically, which is then in turn making it easier for poachers to find them in their natural habitat because there's less forest. So, it's like almost cannibalism. Not great, too. but... Nine, 98, right? 98% I kind of thinking. <laughs> it's a little too close for comfort for me, but, but again, like, you know, food source That's, is, a, yeah. is a whole other issue. Anyway, so... Um, let's talk about love though, baby, because that's what bonobos tend to be known for is they always get associated with the phrase make love, not war. And I definitely put that in our, I, I did a little Instagram story about them on Valentine's day on our conservation Queens Instagram. Um, so they are known for the make love, not war phrase because they are so different from chimpanzees because supposedly they have orgies instead I mean, of having wars. Um, well, that's not entirely true, and we'll get into why, but it is partly true. They're definitely we'll not why. as violent as chimps are. Um, yes. Um, so when it comes to chimpanzees, they are very territorial. They live in very large social groups, and they fight for resources. So if one social group is living in an area that has a very um, good supply of food year round, like um, good, like, you know, fig trees or something of that nature, um, that's going to be a territory that is very constantly fought over. Um, and they will literally just attack. They'll plan an attack. They'll go and they'll just fight. I the um, really territory of the chimps. <laughs> Yeah, well, there are apes, right? Close enough. I know it's gorillas or whatever. I feel like that was not right either. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. I I've haven't never either, actually... but I've seen enough commercials where I'm like, this is stupid. So I didn't watch it. <laughs> I think my dad tried to get me to watch that movie when I was a kid, and it terrified me. The cover of the DVD terrified Planet of the me apes. too much. So I, oh, yeah, no. Planet mm-hmm. of the Apes. Like the old one, no, not thank you. whatever remake they did uh, a few years back. But anyways, so yes, in, and temp- typically when it comes to chimpanzee hierarchies as well, um, it's a patriarchal society. There's going to be a dominant male um, that usually males well, there's do outright one. females in general. <laughs> and so there can be a lot of aggression, um, male versus male for mating purposes so when females are in uh estrus uh chimpanzees get this big round red rump on their butts that lets them know i'm ready and you know (laughs) baby making mode i guess and uh the males go nuts they literally go insane they fight each other they can even kill each other but mammals that Yes, but that's chimps. So the first behavioral difference between chimps and bonobos is bonobo society is matriarchal, which is not seen in other primates. They are very special because they let the ladies and as a result lead the way. Calmer. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> as a result, they have orgies. No, um, this 
means so it's i just do want to clarify this means that the highest ranking member in a bonobo social social group in a bonobo in a bonobo social group is a female but they are not a female dominant society so that would be like hyenas we're gonna backtrack way back to the first episode where emily talked about hyena society and how females even if they are the least ranking female they will always outrank the highest ranking male so like no matter what the females are in charge that is not um the case with the matriarchal bonobo society um the highest ranking is always going to be a female but um there can be males that rank above other females and vice versa so usually the group is led by an older matriarch with a coalition of high ranking females and males um, and then there will be an alpha male, but in order to keep his position as alpha male, he'll need the support of the alpha female. And she is still the one who ultimately decides where the group travels. So, yeah, that's the first difference is uh, ladies are in charge, which is, I think, wonderful. We should all, you know, follow their example in that aspect. Maybe not in the next part to come, but hey, that's up to you. Uh, so just because the females are in charge doesn't mean aggressive encounters don't occur. Um, like chimpanzees, um, aggressive encounters are rare between males and females, which isn't the case in chimpanzees. Uh, males can really be very aggressive toward females. Um, males, though, in bonobos are more tolerant of infants and juveniles, um, which is why bonobos have... Uh, virtually no oh, record of infanticide occur among them. Uh, meanwhile, in chimpanzees, oh. it's documented quite often. Um, because if, you know, a female basically is out of line, or does something that upsets the alpha male. Um, I've seen this in actually quite a few nature documentaries. Basically, like, gets his bros together and they gang up on her and, like, kill her baby um, to get her to have their baby maybe um usually it's if the female is like visiting from another troop and trying to join it's it's a whole thing it's not great those those documents. we want to say as conservation because we do not um, condone what but, the you know are doing. <laughs> there you go um but in bonobos um a male derives his status from his mother so the mother's son strong is super strong in bonobo relationships. And the mother will even go out of her way to physically prevent other males from breeding with certain females. That oh, she she's that mother-in-law. Which I think is so funny, right? Um, so be- uh, the mother and daughter relationships are not quite as strong. They're not lifelong lasting because the females will leave the troop when they mature. Is that also to, the opposite um, join of chimpanzees? Um, the males... No, no, the females are usually the ones to leave. Um, um, wait. Because in gorillas, wait, no, no, it's definitely the males it. leave. Yes, no, gorillas, it is the males Sorry. that leave. Sorry. No, I'm doubting myself. Okay, I actually don't know, so. No, it's okay. I, I don't think I know. Hmm. I'll Google it. Well, we'll look up. Thank you. Um, so that's why mother daughter bonds are not lifelong lasting in bonobos so where does the sex come in where does the moment it come you've all in, been waiting for question. true um so the 
whole like bonobos are always having sex thing is because they use genital rubbing um, as a means of many different social behaviors. Um, So it's been documented or perceived by researchers as a means of a greeting. Um, If there are two troops that are like meeting each other for the first time, it could be a very tense situation um so in like a chimpanzee uh two i was gonna say i have your answer too it says males rarely leave the community where they grew up so you were right and the adolescent females usually migrate to a different community no that was in chimps bonobos but what about chimps oh okay cool katie is really smart all right let so (laughs) um thank you (laughs) i won't doubt myself anymore um but so they, if it was a group of chimps, it'd be an all-out brawl. But if it was a group of bonobos, there can still be aggression, but an attempt to kind of quell any aggression or maybe um, come to a more peaceful resolution. They just get to know each other by like easing that tension and uh, rubbing each other's genitals. You know, why not? So it's greeting. It's a means of forming a social bond. Um, It can be a means of conflict resolution. So like in that case I just mentioned. And it could also be a means of post-conflict reconciliation. So like let's say two females were like going at it. They were kind of having a um, maybe a ranking dispute um, or hierarchy kind of exchange. Um, And then they were like, oh, you know. Maybe we didn't need to get so heated. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's kiss and make <laughs> us. Uh, let's apologize. Exactly. Speaking of that, um, bonobos are actually the only other animal besides humans to be observed Ew. partaking in tongue kissing. Sorry. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> no, I know, but like, you the know, the fact. Who kisses with their tongues, bro? I would know nothing about that. Yes, bonobos, French, French kiss. <laughs> um, they're also the only animal besides humans to typically engage in face-to-face oh, yeah, sex yeah, yeah. instead of, you know, the yeah, the other way around. Um, although a pair of Western lowland gorillas have been photographed in face-to-face uh, position, but for bonobos, it's not very rare, I guess, to see them doing that. Uh, so what situation would they use sex for conflict resolution? If you're looking for another example, um, a really common one is they come across a new, um, food source or a large food source, um, when they're out, uh, looking for food and it can actually be a really stressful and exciting, uh, moment when this happens, figuring out, um, who gets to eat first. Cause they do have that really, um, strict social structure that they rely on. So it's kind of like who, you know, gets like, not even who necessarily goes first, but who goes second, third, fourth, you know, fifth, you know, all that kind of stuff. So in this type of situation, uh, tensions are high. Uh, Let's decrease the tension, have a communal sexual activity and encourage some peaceful feeding instead. Yes. Um, So like, if you can contrast that to chimps, if they came upon a new food source, it could potentially be a pretty aggressive situation where the higher ranking um, chimps are really letting it be known um, who can and who cannot eat what's currently in front of them kind of a situation. Um, But they will not have an orgy. They will just um, hit each other very hard. 
um, or bite. I don't know. So, yeah. Um, a little fun fact for you all as well. Bonobo uh, clitorises. <laughs> the clitoris. Why did I say it like that? I don't know. <laughs> they are larger and more externalized than in most mammals. So these guys are literally evolved. Have a better time. To, you know. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. I actually I forget which article I was reading about them that said like they do ma- and that's also the reason for the face to face is it might because of the externalized and larger clitoris um figured out pleasure, basically. Um and so you know better times means a happier, more peaceful group of bonobos. Um also a little bit different from chimps. Um Females will show that they're in estrus in bonobos and have sexual intercourse with males even during periods when so they just can't for basically conceive. we think for pleasure. Um, yes, well, yes. So be- because in chimps, there's actually like a really limited um, time for female chimps um, when they have that swelling um, where they are considered fertile and in estrus um, that they can mate, which again ignites that really competitive comp like that competition between males leading to a lot of aggression. They have to fight for a mate where in bonobos, it's like everyone, mates. About it. you know, there's no competition here. We're just all sexually active. <laughs> What's the big deal, the man? Um, is kind of their solution to that. So with many females being sexually active at once, there would be less and less competition between males until eventually this is what scientists believe is why females have the um, control in bonobo troops or why the highest ranking is a female is because there's virtually no male to male competition. And that's really what, when you have a chimpanzee hierarchy, a patriarchy, that's what they're fighting for. Um, to be that dominant top male, that means that you have the uh, breeding rights, basically. Spread around your seed. Um, you're the one that gets to... Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that was a lovely way to put it, Abby. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, so the rest is history. Um, I will wrap it up with saying that there I are why. many zoos that have bonobos. Um they are not as studied as chimpanzees, so bonobos are. Just I feel not like there's also some other public. issues, Katie. Um, there is a, and I feel like I love bonobos, but as an educator, I'm kind of appreciative that we don't have them. The miracle. Yeah, life. well, their their behavior. They're they're actually at the San Diego Zoo. They have bonobos there. Um, I know, but. And there's just not as much known about them. They have a smaller population size than chimpanzees do, a smaller range. Um, So it's just um, harder to study them. And it's kind of crazy to me because they are one of our closest living relatives. And we should, you know, people know about chimpanzees quite a bit. I think we should know a bit about bonobos too. They're they're just as cool. And... uh, not quite as uh, scary to some people, I guess. I mean, I think chimps are awesome, but a lot of people do not feel <laughs> correct the same way. That chimps I scare me. I've heard so many <laughs> horror stories. I made some. You know, who yeah, scares me? I made humans. 
I thought that scary was ape as well. We didn't need to say that that's true. Just always. Uh, can we? All right. So now that we've talked extensively about bonobos and all that they do, um, we are going to dive into the wonderful ocean of crazy animals in the ocean and how they do it. Um, let me just tell you that I could literally talk about this for like hours and hours because there are too many weird animal sex things happening in the ocean. Um, I could just leave it at that, honestly. But um, um, thank you for joining us for the Conservation Queens <laughs> podcast. The ocean's weird. That's really all I've got. No. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is whales, um, specifically humpback whales, because I have seen many videos of this. Um, humpback whales are first of all they're oh just enormous so everything is scary um but so are you gonna tell us how big their penis is <laughs> uh large okay i'm gonna google they're... that too i'm i'm gonna oh it's like a couple feet long. it's terrifying oh, blue whales uh, have an eight foot long wiener that's terrifying anything. it says 2.5 yeah, meters to three like meters that's and a diameter of 30 centimeters right. terrifying Anyway, um, so humpback whales. Yikes. So basically what happens is the males will just like be out searching for the ladies and they'll hunt like in packs basically. They like they do it in like pairs and like trios. So they're like wingmen type situation. So humpback whales, um, males, they will kind of search in groups of two or three um, males looking for a female. When they find one, um, it basically alerts the other ones that they have found one. And so literally you'll end up with like nine to like 15 or more males chasing after a female. Um, and the female is like, whoa there, buds, what do you got planned? And so she is like bolting, running for the hills. Um, but eventually they wear her out, like literally to the point of exhaustion. Um, and the males, while they're chasing, will fight each other because they're like, no, I want her. No, I want her. But they'll like fight in their little like groups. So it's like these two versus these two versus these three. It's wild. Um, but eventually, usually the largest whale wins. Um, and so his wingman then goes up to the female and literally flips her upside down. So her belly is towards the surface. Um, and then he comes up, the one who's going to mate with her, comes up next to her, flips upside down. And his wiener comes out and over. And it is scary. It's I'm not kidding Have you, you seen this? I've seen videos of it. <laughs> I have not seen scary. it in person, though. That's probably okay, right? It's terrifying. Um, but anyway, so that's how humpback whales do it, and it is very scary, and it's just uh, not fun to watch. And that's nothing um, <laughs> Other whales, though, um, right whales, which we've talked about quite a bit because they are critically endangered, and it is calving, calving, calving. How do you say that word? That calving. word doesn't exist. There you go. Calving says... The season, the season, the time where they have their babies. God, I can't talk. Um, but um, apparently, right whales have the largest testicles in the whole world. Incredible. Um, and the reason that they have the largest testicles is because um, the females are a little promiscuous and they like to have uh, relations with many men. Um, and so in order to be competitive, the male that produces the most sperm stands a better chance. Is uh, as James. Oh my so, god! All right. I mean, it may wow. Sense, but yeah. wild. Um, you guys have all probably heard of dolphins and how they're getting it on left, right, and center. Um, the bonobos of the ocean. We could really dolphins. They, it, it is a social behavior for them, mm, um, yeah. just like bonobos. So it can be, you know, not for mating purposes, just for like, hello, how are you purposes. Um, yeah, exactly. But 
I will tell you, <laughs> I will pass up. along a piece of wisdom passed along to me by a dolphin trainer that I know. And he would always say that the dolphins are trisexual, meaning they will try anything with anyone or anything at any time. They're not picky creatures. They Emily. will. This trainer would say that a lot. Um, yep. And it's true, though. They will attempt to mate with anything that they can. Um, they will do it to people if they're not expecting it. It's terrifying. Um, so just watch out next time you're swimming with a dolphin. Or and just please don't swim with dolphins. Um, all right. Uh, to manatees, which I heard Abby has a fun story for. Oh, um, my God. To give you a brief overview, um, there are specific times of the year where manatee um, mating is happening. And if you see a large group of manatees and they're whipping the water up and kicking around, uh, it's because it is basically a giant manatee orgy. Um, that's really all there is to know. But Abby, what have you got? Okay. So I was working by our manatee exhibit as one does. And I was there for like 20 minutes, not too long. And I look over and our two resident manatees that we have are definitely 69ing. And that was, and I was like, okay, cool. And then at that time is when all the children that I think were in the aquarium decide <laughs> to come to the manatee window. When else would they oh. come? Oh, is that time? I think there's a school group there? too, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So I was trying to like just not pay attention. I was like, I had like the rib, and I was like, "Look over here! This is cool." Um, and then I kept having like these middle-aged white men would like sidestep up to me and not look me in the eye, and he'd be like, "Are you? Are they?" And I'd be like, "Yes, they are." And he's like, "It's a girl and a boy," and I'm like, "Nope, two boys." two boys and he was like and that's and i'm like yep perfectly no, normal no, he's like not and they'd be like okay and then they would just like kind of like awkwardly walk away but then i had one woman come up to me and ask and tell me to explain exactly what was going on to their child oh, psa boy. yeah psa to any of the women or the what? men or the parents out there listen it is not the educator's job at the zoo to explain the birds and the bees to your kids. That's your job, and we will say no, and we have been told that we're allowed to do that. So do not ask us. It's very awkward for every party involved. Thank you. I always like if a kid asks me what's happening and it's an animals are happen to be mating at the exhibit. I do too, I and she was like, go ahead. You can like, explain you exactly what's going on. on. We haven't had the conversation, but you can do it. And I was like... And I was like, no, that but if they were, if she was more lady. insistent, I probably would have been like, we're going to talk about this using the most evolutionary slash like technical term. Well, no, no. The most technical terms the so they're going to go home spooning off penises. And I'm at SeaWorld. Some of the killer whales would have theirs out all the time. Um, and the little kids would be like, what's that? Oh, um, okay. And I would just say, that's what makes him a boy. And that's. Yeah, I usually will be like, that's their parts. All right, back on track, my friends. Um, so going to some other ocean animals, not whales, um, not dolphins. First of all, seahorses, question mark. Um, oh, yeah. The males have the babies. And if you've ever seen it, it's literally a confetti cannon of babies. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, that's I've really never, all I'm I've never heard it described like that, but that is... That's, that's exactly, what it is. That's exactly what it is. Oh, that's it's so funny. Babies. Um, and then invertebrates. How do they do it? A great question, truly. Um, well, there's those so, slugs that we talked about. That's true. So most um, marine inverts will um, release their sperm and eggs into the water um, and produce little larvae. 
Um, one of my favorite examples is a moon jellyfish. So most, uh, like if you picture a jellyfish in your head, usually a moon jellyfish is what you're picturing. Um, they're very common in aquariums. Um, and they have a very fun life cycle. So the moon jellies, when the time is right and the ocean is the right temperature and the, the moon is out the right time of the day and it's the right moon cycle, all the moon jellies decide, I'm going to throw my sperm into the water. I'm going to throw my eggs <laughs> into the water. And they do it together and they like do it through pheromones. It's incredible. Um, but all these little sperm and eggs get together and they make little planula larvae. And a little planula larvae kind of looks like if you imagine what a cartoon of a bacteria would look like, it's that shape. Um, and these little planulas float around the ocean for a little while till they decide, oh, this is a good place to land. And they go down to the substrate and they form a little polyp. And the polyp literally looks like a very miniature sea anemone. That's what it looks like. They're very um, cute. Sardinarians just like jellyfish, so it looks very similar. Um, but this polyp begins Aww. to replicate itself over and over and over again to something called a strobola. And the best way I can explain a strobola to you is that it looks like a sea anemone with a stack of pancakes on top. And each pancake is a baby jellyfish. Um, it's very cute. So the little strobola is the little stack. And That's then so they start to bud off the top and you have these little Ephyra. So they're all genetically the same. They're all these little clones of each other. And Ephyra is just a baby jellyfish. It's very, very small, has all the tentacles all ready to go, but it's teeny, teeny, tiny, very, very small. It looks like a teeny, tiny little pancake. Um, and then it grows up to be a big, regular Medusa jellyfish. And I just think that's wild. Um, this episode isn't really about uh, life cycles, but moon jellyfish are that cool. So. They they are really interesting. And it does look like a little stack of pancakes. It's very cute. It's my favorite thing. I once met a person who had the moon jellyfish life cycle tattooed on their body, and I was very impressed. Was that you? No. Sadly. Yeah. No, it was incredible. <laughs> I was just like, is that, that what I think like it is? Cool and he was tattoo. like, yes. And I was like, this is incredible. And you're like, let's be best friends. It's true. Um, I think... Okay, sorry, I got confused here. Um, the next one is octopus. Um, <laughs> are very strange, and they engage in sexual cannibalism, which is exactly what it sounds like. Um, basically, females. It depends on the species. Sometimes the male eats the female. Sometimes the male eats the female. It just kind of depends on. Why would the male eat the female? Because they're rude. I don't know. Well, then how um, is their spermy gonna get to like maturity? Hey, I. I, if anybody could get inside the brain of an octopus and like explain it to anyone, I think we would all love to hear it. Um, I'm a little bit not convinced they're from this earth. It's true. Um, but anyway, um, there have been different times where um, there, I pulled up an article from Oceana and they had this article all about um, weird marine animal mating. And there was an episode where a female big blue octopus mated with a singular male 13 times and then she strangled and ate him. Live your life, girl. Um, and on a separate occasion. A true feminist um, icon. Truly. <laughs> um, on a separate occasion at the Seattle Aquarium, um, oh they were going to have a Valentine's Day mating for their giant Pacific octopus. <laughs> um, but they just scrapped the idea altogether because they thought the male might eat the female. Um, very good. Very good. Yes. Um, they also, some of them are not so violent and they're very, um, I guess, romantic if you want to use the word, but they have what's called a beak to beak embrace and their beak is like their mouth. So it's basically like an octopus kiss, which Aww. is interesting. Um, is it for aw. like just funsies or? Uh, no, it's when they're mating. It's like, okay. I think it's just like the position that they end up in. 
I was gonna say it's a distraction. I think yeah, they just yes, they're holding on to, to each other for dear life. They gotta hold on to something. Um, with that, that's I mean that's like the oh, briefest of wow. brief overviews of weird ocean animal sex. Isn't there one but, octopus like, that like shoots a penis at another octopus? So, uh, or is that is, squid? This is, what? this is a topic of contention, actually. Oh, sorry. Um, no, it's okay. So octopus, octopus have eight arms. Um, Whoa, and one of their arms is they have this little like uh, hook is not the right word, but that's what I'm going to use. Um, where they are able to grab their own sperm packet and pass it to the female. Okay. Um, I yes, made literally. you this. And the female is like, okay, and she takes it. Thanks, just what I always wanted. Um, Thanks. Puts it I think the thousands of other sperm packets she's received that day. Basically, she's like, throws it on the pile, like, great. Um, no, I think some can remove that part of that arm. Um I'm not aware of any that can like eject it off of their body. I've just though. heard of like different octopuses like yeeting it at the females. I mean, to it like, seems like something octopus would do. There's too many types of octopus in Just my to opinion. like save themselves from potentially uh, death. That's possible. It's very possible. Hey, I mean, that's true. There's like, that's pretty much what every insect and arachnid does. The females are like, eh, you know what? I'm kind of hungry after that. Black widow spiders uh, are just. I'll just so rip cool. your head off and eat you instead. <laughs> and also pregnant. Praying mantis. Praying mantis are the ones um, that their heads on specifically. Um, and sometimes the male spiders try so hard to oh, like jumping peacock spiders. jumping they, spiders are so dancey dance. They try to impress her. Oh. Yeah, and sometimes she's like, "Oh, that was really impressive." Okay, <laughs> like takes the sperm. Well, anyway, animals yeah, are weird. Eat some. Um, like, dang girl. If you want to learn for like a conservation conversation. If you want to learn again. more, there is um, a movie or a, 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 t- <laughs> a, a, t- a PBS um, documentary series called Love in the Animal Kingdom. And it talks. Oh, it's quite good. It's so good. And it talks all about different weird animal mating stuff. Um, and it's PBS. So, you know, it's pretty well researched. It's more factual. So if you want to like educate your kids about it this might be like one of the better ways to do it yeah <laughs> but this might be better is, than listening to our podcast um, that but, show if you know. guys want to check it out it is very interesting love in the animal kingdom also highly recommend the kangaroo episode because we didn't talk about it but they're also wacky mm, true um also funny thing <laughs> i didn't think this episode was going to be an hour but here we are <laughs> I'm honestly proud of us, but um, next episode, we will be getting back into our biome series about the rainforest biome. I was the one we wanted to do next. If we didn't decide that, I just decided for us right now. They are shocking. I agree. I feel like we're allowed to be scared of them, right? They do. They're a little as far as dolphins are concerned. We should try to help them. Most of them are critically endangered. I agree, but can we help them from afar and not from next to the boat where they can (laughs) literally... We'll get to it. We'll get to it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, while you're at it, um, follow us on social media. I'm starting to think that we should maybe make a TikTok. Just be me posting videos of Ellie. It would be 
too ridiculous. But I was also just thinking um, earlier when Emily was talking about jellyfish and how they just like release it it's into true. the ocean and are like, woo, hopefully that meets an egg. And yeah, it works. Um, it reminded me of that viral TikTok of the girl that was swimming in the ocean. Ah. Yes. And it was yes. like filled with yes, um, it was very foamy. And it was I'm telling you, stay out of the ocean if it's foamy. Yeah. Like there, nothing good comes from foam yeah. in the ocean. It's either whale sperm or whale poop or fish poop <laughs> or all three. Fun fact. There you go. So, so yeah, um, we will leave you on that lovely note. And thank you guys so much for joining we stayed us home this week. And, uh, Hope my you had a wonderful Valentine's Day. Nice. Um, I made chicken wings. Did you make hot dogs and bologna? Wow. See, uh, no, but we have been singing oh. that nonstop. Um, I worked. To be fair, Katie, we also did work, but then he was like, he was like, but I am going All to right. make you a steak dinner, and I was like, oh, thank you. That's I bought true. you Boss and Rob's cookbook from Survivor. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I love. I do. Emily. Once we get off, we're going to have <laughs> to talk Survivor some more I because two Survivor themed birthday parties as a child. I think we've talked about this. <laughs> and with that bye go out bye. there Jesus good job guys bye <laughs>